Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes. So keep pen and paper handy. Even when Pharaoh, who represents the government, passed an edict for the midwives to do selective abortion by murdering the boys but saving the girls, the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. The midwives refused to do sex-selective abortions, and their actions resulted in their being blessed by God for their faithfulness to his word. Verse 21 says... And because the midwives feared God, God gave them families of their own. He blessed their faithfulness to his word. So that's abortion. Let's transition now to euthanasia. Say euthanasia. This is also called assisted suicide or mercy killing. People seeking assisted suicide are seeking to euthanize themselves with the aid of another person to ensure that death is quick and painless. The person assisting the suicide facilitates death by making preparations and furnishing the needed equipment. But the person seeking death is the one who actually initiates the process. By taking a hands-off approach to the death itself, the facilitator seeks to avoid charges of murder. Proponents of assisted suicide often use a positive spin by using a term such as death with dignity. But death with dignity is still death. Assisted suicide is still suicide. And suicide is sin. But it is still not the unpardonable sin. Beloved, we live in a culture of death which is all around us, and many would rather wear images of skeletons, clothing of skeletons, clothing that promotes death, rather than clothing that promotes life. This focus on death as an answer to the world's problem is a total reversal of the biblical model. Let me tell you something. You never heard it like this, but I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about death. Death is an enemy. So if you want to put on deathly things and skeletons and all that, you're putting on that, that which is an enemy. 
Death is an enemy. You say, where is that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26 says, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Life is a sacred gift from God. Genesis 2, 7 says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. When given the choice between life and death, God told the Israelites to choose life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Let the scriptures speak. It is not my opinion. Deuteronomy 13, 19 says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Look, underline this. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. The government will say choose death. Uh, the secular media will say choose death. Uh, uh, the devil will say choose death. But the word of God says, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Look how quiet it got. You're listening. Say amen. amen. Are y'all still there? Amen. Beloved, even if you are put to death with dignity or your death is painless, Euthanasia is man's attempt to usurp God's authority to give life and to take it away. The overriding truth that God is sovereign drives us to the conclusion that assisted suicide is sin. We know that physical death is inevitable. We know that physical death is inevitable. Psalms 89 48a says, what man can live and not see death? People die. Hebrews 9.27 also says, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Beloved, the same God who alone is sovereign and brought you into this world knows the exact time of your death, and you don't have to help God. We should never seek to prematurely end a life, but neither should we go, listen closely, but neither should we go to, uh, to extraordinary means to preserve a life when that person's time on earth has come to an end and you just let them hang on the machine even though they're brain dead and gone. You just let them hang on because you cannot let them go. To actively hasten death is wrong. I said again, to actively hasten death is wrong. To passively withhold treatment can also be wrong. But to allow death to occur naturally in a terminally ill person is not necessarily wrong. Anyone facing this sensitive issue should pray to God for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The next controversial issue of our day is transgenderism. Say transgenderism. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God divinely ordained human creation to have only two sexes, male and female. And he planned for sexual expression to take place only within marriage between a husband and a wife. By the way, men cannot have babies. Oh, that was kind of weak. Wait, are you married on the Bible? I thought, I thought we were Bible church. Now, we're not Bible church. Let's take Bible out. You mean tell me they've confused you that you think a man can have a baby? I said again, men can not have babies. All over the world, we are confronted with the spirit of transgender activism, which flows out of the gay rights movement that is obsessed with deceptively promoting the freedom of choice, where based on your feelings, you get to choose your gender under the lie that you will be more fulfilled if you change sex, more content and live according to what you believe to be your true identity. Beloved, allow absolutely no one to deceive you regarding gender confusion. Many after transitional surgery discover the deception that this does not bring peace. Transitional surgery does not bring fulfillment. It does not bring satisfaction or contentment. And even worse, it is irreversible. I've seen some come on television just crying and, and wanting to sue because they were led to believe a lie only to discover they cannot reverse it. Also, parents, please take control and be involved in your children's education because many schools are intentionally indoctrinating your children to confuse them regarding their sexuality and encourage them to have transitional surgery. They need to be teaching English how to read, how to write, how to count, how to do chemistry, how to do geometry, how to know, how to know something about world history and American history. Can't tell time, can't tie shoe, but you're going to talk about that lie? I'm moving on. Next, next subject, same-sex marriage. Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 9 says, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Satan uses the sin of homosexuality to devastate the family structure because he knows you cannot have a family as God has designed it. Men with men and women with women cannot produce babies. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 13 says, If a man lies with a man as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Satan has always desired 
to destroy the God-ordained institution of the family, which was created by God himself. He knows the human race is populated through the family unit. He also knows the gospel is advanced through the family where children are trained, disciplined, and instructed in the ways of the Lord, and that God's character is displayed through the family. However, Satan's aim is to destroy the family by redefining it with the intent of destroying God's original design for marriage. Sadly, recently, the House of Representatives passed the Respect for Marriage Act, which was signed into law by President Biden and provides statutory authority for same-sex marriage as people around him was rejoicing. Beloved, judgment comes upon those who normalize what God calls evil, and there is a coming day of judgment. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Nations that promote and insist on embracing same-sex marriage shall have a day of reckoning before Almighty God. For this reason, it is important to preach the gospel to those who are perishing in their sins. The next issue uh, is premarital sex. Say premarital sex. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20 says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Beloved, according to the scripture, you sin against God. When you have sex before marriage, you sin before God. I know everybody's doing it, but everybody doing it don't make it right. God ordains sexual intimacy to take place only within the context of the marriage between a husband and a wife. Just because premarital sex is so widely accepted by our society today does not make it acceptable before the Lord. As a matter of fact, if you do not repent and turn away from the sin of premarital sex, you can send yourself straight into hell. You say, how do you know that the Bible says so? Where is it? In Revelation 21, 8. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderous, there it is, sexually immoral to include premarital sex, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. To blatantly disobey and reject God's word regarding sexual purity and habitually practice premarital sex validates your unbelief, damning your own soul to hell. If you are a child of the living God, saying you are engaging in premarital sex, you are living in a state of deception and rebellion, which will result in your being chastened by God and given over to Satan to destroy your body. You sin so much that way, God will just turn your body over to Satan for destruction. If you are a believer sinning sexually, listen, if you are a believer sinning sexually, you are sinning against God's body. That body that's sitting in this chair belongs to the Lord, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Also, cohabitation, shacking, living in, 
Kamala, whatever you want to call it. Also, cohabitation is so pervasive in our culture and around the world and is a breeding ground for premarital sex. Well, she's going to be in, we're going to stay in the same house. She's going to be in one room and I'll be in the next room. Are you kidding me? Huh. 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 You red-blooded man and she's a woman? At the right time, the right hour, you just pass them up and accidentally touch. A little brush, a little this, a little look. And all of a sudden, you're not in your room. You should have stayed in your bedroom, but you came out. That stuff don't work. And by the way, parents, don't have these one-night stands with your children looking dead. Your kids are smarter than you think. If you are burning, listen to this, if you are burning with lust, then get yourself married. Because the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 7, 9b, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 also says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Ghost lives in you. Whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My friend, repent of your sin of premarital sex today by social media, by radio, here in the sanctuary, and wherever you're listening to my voice around the world. Repent of the sin of premarital sex today and refuse to sin against the Lord's body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Next topic, adultery. Adultery. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says, Let marriage be held in honor among all. Let marriage be held in honor among all. And let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Adultery has been around for thousands of years and is even rampant in our society today. It is a sin that God deals with severely. God chastened David for the sin of adultery in 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 2 through 26, and verses 12, through, verses 1 through 13. Even though David repented, he still experienced the consequences of his sin. Beloved, we should be like David and cry out to God and say, I have sinned against the Lord. Until you humbly confess your sin of adultery and mean it, you remain under God's divine chastening even to the point of death. Also, emotional adultery is a serious offense against Almighty God because Satan can use what is in your heart to cause you to succumb to the physical act of adultery. Matthew 5, chapter 5, verses 27 through 28 says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say, God speaking with authority, I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The next issue I want to address is pornography. Say pornography. Psalms 119.37 says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Beloved, to look at pornography is to sin against the Lord with your eyes. Be mindful. You do not have to look for it. It has a way of finding you. 
However, many do go looking for it. Pornography is on the television, it's in the movie, it's in the music industry, it's on the internet, it's in social media, it's on your cell phone. That's right, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, uh, by the way, there's no such thing as soft porn. It's all porn. The, uh, many of the commercials that come on, you can watch a game, and all of a sudden, pornography is right in your face. And a lot of those folk at halftime, the Super Bowl, you wait, just watch the Super Bowl halftime. You look at it, you wait for, but wait till halftime and watch how skippy they are and how they cut the legs and do all this kind of stuff. And you just, ooh, and all right, all right, talk about their clothes. You see the attire. Uh, they dress skimpy to entice you, get you all worked up. Then you're in somebody's bed because of halftime. <laughs> halftime. You need to cut that stuff off. Cut halftime off. Wait for the game to come back on. Count down. Count down. Count down. <laughs> so many people, both men and women alike, even in the Lord's church, as well as some preachers, are addicted to pornography. This sin affects the young and the old alike. Beloved, if you do not want to be entangled by it, then be determined to get rid of every avenue of pornographic temptation and flee from it. It means run, 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 lest you be devoured by it. If you are fighting a losing battle against pornography, my counsel to you is to pray, seek biblical counseling from a spiritually mature believer, and make yourself accountable to them and place self-imposed boundaries on yourself to keep you from yielding to the sin of pornography. 1 Corinthians 6, 18a says, flee from sexual immorality. Be mindful, God has the power to deliver you from the addictive sin of pornography. Next is gambling. Say gambling. Gambling, gambling is to gain from someone else's loss. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. What makes gambling so destructive is that you just want to win regardless of who gets hurt or incurs losses in the process, which is outright selfishness. Gaining from somebody else's loss. While you're happy you won, somebody else is crying they lost. Look how quiet it got. I was, I was at this gas station, and I just saw this, this old guy. I knew he was old because he's just old. And, and he was scratching and just scratching. And then he, then he went in and got some more and started scratching. I said, mister, what don't you? I wanted to say, I didn't say it. Mister, why don't you just stop? Gambling is at epidemic proportion. You do not have to go to, to Vegas to gamble. It is at your fingertips on the Internet. It's at the gas station, the grocery store on your cell phone, and even in sports. Gambling brings devastating consequences. What makes it so dangerous? It brings devastating consequences. It brings you into financial debt. It brings you into bankruptcy. It could even cause imprisonment. Gambling causes a loss of employment, a loss of your house, your home, your relationships, your family. It gambling destroys your health physically, emotionally, it's with sickness, 
When you lose badly, it brings on depression and even suicides occur because of gambling. And some of you just trying, why don't you just go to work and be satisfied? Just go to work. Work, work overtime. Get another job. But don't gamble. Don't gamble. You should, I haven't heard amen. Don't gamble. Some of you got a, something in your pocket right now. Right now. You just scratched it. And when it gets way up that number, get mega million, mega billion. All of a sudden, you start, oh, oh, God, hell, oh, oh. You know, I know I can't gamble. I know I cannot gamble. You say, how do you know you, you well, I, I, I can't gamble because if I gamble one time, I know I'm going to win. And Satan's going to have my face in lights. And I'm giving it all of y'all permission to go gamble. He'll make sure I win to get you started. So I'm not, I don't win or lose. I, I watch it. Listen, you think I'm going to gamble on that game when that guy hit that guy out of bounds with a few seconds left on the game, in the game, and, and, and man kicked the field goal and went on in? Listen, millions of dollars were lost on that hit out of bounds. I, I, don't, I don't walk out. My pockets don't get light because I've gambled. Some of y'all get light pockets. You all messed up. I, I got the joy of the Lord in my heart. And gambling can't take my joy. <laughs> it's, it's an addiction. Gambling will diminish the light of Christ in you and can bring on addiction. Beloved, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who are gambling, you need to stop. Be mindful. Believers are to live by faith and not by chance. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at MaranathaSA.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.